Welcome to Sophisticated Property Investing, a podcast brought to you by Ethical Property Partners, the experts in sophisticated property investment. Hi there, ladies and gents, and welcome to this edition of the Sophisticated Property Investing Podcast with me, your host, Frank Flegg. On this episode, I'm going to be talking about something that I've done three times in the last month. And it was only when I sat down with some clients earlier on in the week that I realized that it has become a huge part of my business life. The topic, the thing I've done three times, (laughs) I'm sure you're wondering, is actually to joint venture on new businesses or new projects. I think joint venturing is really, really powerful, but it has occurred to me that at the start, when I first started in business, that was 2007. I was rubbish at it. My first joint venture was the Thai Curry Company with a good friend of mine, Joe, Joe White, who was a co-teacher with me in our secondary school in Nottingham, both massively entrepreneurial and decided that that would be our uh, our business. Went to the Good Food Show. Um, I think it's the BBC Good Food Show. Had our stall there. We were importing Thai curry. Joe spoke Thai and had been over to Thailand a lot. So he really had a passion for green and red authentic Thai curry. In fact, we even had Thai people tell us that they were the best Thai curries they'd uh, they'd eaten in England that would been purchased. I didn't really have as much of a passion for Thai curry as I did for uh, business. And uh, I learned a lot, actually. Learned a lot in that business. In the end, Joe decided to take that on solo and carry on. So that was my first ever JV. At the same time as running the Thai Curry Company, I started my first property business, Happy Homes, (laughs) which actually was a JV as well. It was with a guy called Ryan. Ryan came in as a 10% shareholder and we, oh my goodness, we worked hard. Ryan and I, uh, Ryan stayed with me actually for a while. He'd uh, traveled from, uh, traveled up from Cornwall. I knew him, friend of a friend, and we worked hard. We worked 13 days out of 14. So we used to alternate Sundays, but every other day we'd be in the office. And we just worked, worked and worked and worked. Half five starts, 6 a.m. starts, all the way through to networking of an evening, finishing at nine, half nine. 13 days a fortnight. Oh my goodness. My mind boggles at uh, at that joint venture. And those were the two really that were two of the shortest lived joint ventures that I've ever done. I've done about 35 joint ventures. I haven't sat down to top them up recently, but it's in, it's in that ballpark. Someone asked me this week and I reckon it's in the ballpark of about 35 joint ventures. Many of them are still ongoing. Many of them are just one single property that I've got with someone else in a company. Many of them are multiple properties and some of them are businesses. Some of them are quite significant businesses. Some of them I spend 10, 20 odd hours a week in. Some of them I spend one hour a quarter or maybe two hours a year on so really makes a a difference as to what type of JV it is but one thing I've noticed and I've spoken about joint ventures before on this podcast and if you think I'm repeating myself I'm not repeating myself I'm re-emphasizing how important they are to my business success but also I'm sharing with you my evolution 
as I do more of them. And so I'm going to briefly speak about the three that um, I've set up in the last month, only one of which is property. I've set up two non-property joint ventures. So the first one is a joint venture with a completely different industry. Now we're signing heads terms in two and a half weeks time. So I'm not going to even disclose the industry because it's a very niche industry and uh, it might be possible to work out who the uh, business partner is before we've actually signed on the dotted line. But that JV I'm very excited about because it's very niche and already has a very successful business in it that's turning over nearly seven-figure turnover, not quite, but high six-figure turnover. And that business owner has approached me uh, from speaking at an event, actually. I spoke at, I speak at quite a few events. I did a uh, hour, hour and a half presentation at an event that, uh, that they were at, and they approached me afterwards and said, look, I'd really be interested in actually franchising my business, Frank. Would you be able to help? And this is the thing, isn't it? That the, the offer wasn't, would you joint venture with me? The, off, the, the request was, would you be able to help? And I said, absolutely. We were just going into lunch. So I said, Let, let's sit down over lunch. So we had like 10, 15 minutes over lunch. And this is the same process. The process I'm going to describe now is the same process that I suggest or recommend when meeting with vendors. So when a vendor is interested in selling their property to you i recommend that you only give the deal as much time and attention as it deserves so for example if a vendor in scotland of a one-bedroom flat said frank i'm interested in selling my flat to you will you come up to scotland to talk about it i wouldn't dream of going up there to talk about it until i'd pretty much done the deal so at that level of interest the deal doesn't warrant going up to scotland whereas if there was a major landlord in scotland and they wanted to sell 30 properties to me we chatted on the phone for let's say 15 minutes and that would warrant having a zoom call for perhaps an hour so if we'd then had a zoom call for an hour and then the vendor was willing to fly down to meet me at east mids airport for example that's about 15 minutes from where i live in leicestershire that would warrant me going and meeting them perhaps for lunch i'd probably say a coffee initially but because they were flying such a long way i'd happily do lunch and if we had then signed a head to turns written by us during that lunch, um, that would warrant me flying up to Scotland and going and seeing the property. So you can see it's not the fact that I wouldn't go to Scotland. It's the fact that the deal and the, um, the likelihood of the deal completing. And of course, that deal still isn't guaranteed to complete. You know, a, a handwritten head to terms is not binding. Well, <laughs> is it binding? <laughs> It's not something I'd like to rely on, <laughs> I put it that way, but perhaps it is legally binding because it's in writing, it's uh, signed, you know, etc. But there'd be a lot of loopholes because it's, it's by its very nature going to be very succinct and brief. So I approach joint ventures in the same way. So this person came up to see me at the end of this event and said, I have some questions about my business and potentially franchising it. Would you be able to help? And so I said, absolutely. I'm staying for lunch. Would you like to sit at lunch? And a couple other people wanted to speak to me as well. So they sat down with us at lunch. And I said, you know, are you OK having this conversation in front of these guys? And she said, yeah, absolutely. So we had a really good conversation about uh, her business 
how it had performed, what she thought the possibilities were for franchising. And I just gave her my advice free of charge for 15 or so minutes. Maybe it was 20 minutes by the end. So really low input from me. I didn't have to travel anywhere. didn't have to put it in my diary and block it out. I'd already allowed in my diary to spend lunch there because I suspected there would be people that would want to speak to me afterwards or ask for help. So at the end of that conversation, I explained to her that I thought she had a highly franchisable business, that I'd be really interested in helping her. She asked how that might look. And I said, well, I'd happily consult for you. So what that would mean would be you'd pay me my hourly rate whilst I supported you through franchising your business using my experience of franchising. I've been involved in two global franchises. So Business Network International, BNI, which is in 50 plus countries. Uh, I ran a territory for them for three years, uh, having been a client of theirs for about eight years. And then Action Coach, uh, Business Coaching, they're in, I think, maybe even more countries, maybe certainly more than 50 countries. And I was a client of theirs for whew, probably about the same eight, nine years before um, I got involved in my wife's business. She was a coach with them for whew, best part of a decade. So I know those two franchises quite well from the franchisee side of the fence and obviously then ethical property partners. And then obviously Ethical Property Partners has been my experience as a franchisor and then GeForce Martial Arts. I've been experienced as a franchisor in that business now, which is my most recent franchise. I've been running that for just over 12 months now. So in terms of franchising, I feel like I have quite a lot of experience and it's not an area where a lot of people have a lot of experience. You kind of have to put the years in to see how they work, how they run the ups and the downs. And obviously with each franchise experience, you, you get better and better at it. So she, she asked what the next step would be. And I said, well, I suggest we sit down and have a meeting, spend an hour together. We've had, you know, 15 odd minutes today. Let's spend an hour together and explore what it might look like. I explained that it would either be a consultancy. I didn't talk about hourly rate or anything, but I said it will either be a consultancy would be one way that we could work together or the other way that we could work together would be if we um, joint ventured. And I, I just planted that seed and I honestly didn't know which would be best for her. I didn't know which I would prefer at that point because I didn't know her at all. And I gave her the option of either coming down to me. It was about a five, six hour drive for her to meet face to face or to do Zoom. And she chose to do Zoom, which actually raised my perception of her because she's valuing her own time. I think a lot of people would have jumped in the car and, and driven down. But I was quite impressed that she was valuing her own time. So we um, jumped on Zoom. Uh, about 10 days later and I think that's a good period of time as well I think if it was the next day it would have been a bit quick so just giving each of us time to mull it over gave me time to consider how it would fit into my um, schedule if it did come to business because because it's such a high level task it would need a fair amount of my time and then we sat down and, and had our zoom meeting on the zoom we agreed in principle that a joint venture would work well. She had quite a few questions. I had quite a few questions. I've started to formulate how the JV would work. And we discussed that in quite some detail. So who would get paid what? 
what the shareholdings would be, who would be involved, how our respective teams would be involved. So not loads of detail, but just making sure we're on the same page, agreed it would be a 50-50 JV, agreed costs as well as profit would be 50-50, etc. So she was happy with all that in principle, as was I. She had some questions about how the franchise might actually work, which is quite common because She's obviously got her brand that she's cautious of and doesn't want it to be damaged. And then it came close to the end of the uh, hour and we'd both allocated an hour to the call. She asked what the next steps would be. And I said, well, a a face-to-face meeting. I said, I think we should put in three or four hours, have lunch with the objective of signing heads of terms. I said, "If, if in that time we can draw up a heads of terms between ourselves, and sign it that'd be fantastic and that's booked in for two weeks time so again another two weeks i've set up a whatsapp group because one of my business partners is actually going to be involved in it gordon bircham who is my martial arts chief force martial arts business partner he and i can do it together because i think he'll bring a lot to the party and straight away i've diluted my shareholding by half so although it's a 50 50 jv because i'm bringing gordon into the jv He'll get 25%, I'll get 25%, and our JV partner will get 50%. And you might think, oh, that's a lot to give away. But that's the agreement I have with Gordon. And also, I'll be using Gordon and my team. So we'll be using the franchise systems and the team from GeForce. So it makes complete sense. It makes a lot of sense to do it in that way. So I've now set up a WhatsApp group. So every time any of the three of us have any ideas or questions, we can pop them in the WhatsApp group and we can all be thinking about it and chatting about it. And that's really important to keep that relationship going now, keep that momentum until we meet the three of us meet in uh, in a couple of weeks time. And so that's one example of a JV. Uh, another JV that we're just kicking off, I'll probably do an entire episode about that. Uh, that's actually in the property um, sector. Again, it was the same principle and I wanna talk about this. When you do a JV, it's so important that you bring different things to the party. In fact, I had a client recently who had done several JVs, really successful business uh, person, had done several JVs where it wasn't really a win-win. It was a win for the other person, but they were doing too much of the work. So it was a win-lose, which basically is just going to end in failure because my advice to, uh, to them was, well, how can you exit these JVs that are sucking up your time and not making you the money that they should do? And so, so those JVs are going to come to an end because they're just not good for all parties. And that's the key. A JV has got to work for everyone. It's a, a joint venture, but it also needs to be jointly profitable and jointly costly and jointly enjoyable. So um, I will, I'll do a whole episode on the, the property JV because actually looks very positive early days but very positive from the get-go and gaining traction rapidly which is really positive i'll come back to that one the third jv though is actually a martial arts one and for those of you that listen to the podcast regularly you'll be aware that we have franchised gordon's martial arts school which is called g-force and we have now schools opening across the country under the GeForce brand. Really fast growing franchise, really enjoying it, really successful for our franchisees and 
working really well as a joint venture for Gordon and I. And of course, it's tons of work to onboard lots of new franchisees. We're developing systems at a rate of knots. We've got best part of 10 team, I think, working on that business in terms of marketing and sales and operations and finance, etc. So quite a big project. But we've just added a joint venture to it. Funnily enough, one of our clients came along and approached us about their model. Our model, the GeForce Martial Arts uh, School model, is we open schools in like a leisure centre or a town hall or a village hall or something like that, uh, that we hire for two nights a week from half four till nine o'clock. So it's about five hours, twice a, four and a half, five hours, twice a week. And we've got a really good system for recruiting instructors, got a really good system for training those instructors to follow our syllabus. We collect all the money, we do all the insurances. Um, So basically a business owner can buy the GeForce franchise, buy a territory, and then run their martial arts schools as many as they want within a territory. Typically, it's three schools in a territory. Each school is two nights a week. So you can have one Monday, Wednesday, one Tuesday, Thursday, and one Friday, Saturday, something like that. Each school makes around £2,000 net profit a month. So it's a really profitable franchise. Most of our franchisees that are coming on board now are not actually martial artists. So they use our system to recruit a martial artist to teach in the school. And they're just the business owner spending a few hours a month checking the figures, dropping into the school, making sure it's all being run smoothly, etc. And and coming to our franchisee training. So that's the GeForce franchise in a nutshell. And the reason I explain that is because we have just partnered and I'm really excited about this. And it's it's this JV that's sparked me to do this podcast. We've just partnered with a martial arts school owner who's got 30. Now we've got about 10 franchise schools uh, and we're, we're adding between one and two a month. So we're, we're rapidly growing. I think the furthest south we've got is Surrey. Furthest east we've got is Tunbridge Wells, although we've got one coming on board in Essex shortly. We've got quite a few in the the Midlands, and I think we go as far up as Leeds. So, you know, we're we're spreading our wings. But this guy has got 30 schools, 3-0 already, and has a very different model. And at a first glance, you go, well, hang on, you've got GeForce. This guy's got his own brand. He's got 30 schools. How could there possibly be a win-win? But we've found an amazing win-win. And this is what's so important. It's really, really important to find the synergy. And looking back, it was partly because I was a unsophisticated business person. I didn't have enough experience. But the JV with Joe on the Thai curry company, I don't think there was enough synergy between us. We were very similar. We were doing the same things a lot of the time. And the problem with that is there's loads of overlap, but no one's plugging the gaps. If you have the same skills and you speak each other's language and initially that feels amazing, but actually what you need is you need some differences. You need some different experiences, different skills, different things that you bring to the party. So the JV in the new industry, I have zero experience in that industry, but I have quite a lot, relatively speaking, experience in franchising. I have quite a lot experience in business, relatively speaking. So, and certainly more than our JV partner in that. So it's about finding a relationship, a partnership 
where you each bring very different skill sets, very different assets, whether it be money, time, team, experience, knowledge, leverage, relationships, other relationships, power teams. It's really, really important to have differences. So with the martial arts franchise, these 30 schools are very different to ours. They only run for one hour each, so they're much smaller schools. And they are runners after school or before school clubs. So breakfast clubs are after school clubs in schools, which is a fascinating model. Generally, you don't pay for the school hall. So that's a great uh, cost saving straight away. You have your students join for a term. So a 12 week term typically parents love it because they can either drop their kids off at eight and they do an eight till nine class martial arts class or they go straight to the class which is in the school already you know in the school hall or in the school gymnasium etc at 3 30 and then they do a class until 4 30 so it's basically wraparound care for the parents which is great but equally it's quite a, a profitable way of running a martial arts school but each school obviously you can only do one class of a morning one class of an of an afternoon um per week in each school so you actually need to have quite a lot of schools on board which is why this guy's got 30 schools and he wants to add another 30 schools over the next 12 months and we've looked at that Gordon and I and we thought well hang on that's a really good opportunity for those kids that are just trying it in their own schools and what they do is they do an assembly so they go and do a free assembly and then they say look if you're interested we're starting our martial arts classes here if you want to learn how to be like Bruce Lee you know if you want to learn how to defend yourself build yourself confidence uh, be fit and healthy then come along and uh, and join for the next 12 weeks so it's all done within the school environment but then there's nowhere for them to go on to unless it's a g-force school in the same locality so what we're now doing is we're looking to open 60 six zero schools of these after school and breakfast club varieties all under the GeForce banner. So this is what we've done as a joint venture. So this guy has got really good systems for approaching schools. He's got the way to book in the assembly. He knows the contracts you need to sign in order to tick all their safeguarding boxes, etc. He knows how to take money on a termly basis. But what he doesn't have is the instructors. Well, we have loads of instructors, typically one or two per school in those 10 locations. Each of our instructors are not busy from 8 till 9 a.m. and 3.30 to 4.30. So it's a really good match. There's really good synergy because also those students that start doing G-Force after school clubs are a high percentage we're expecting. We'll want to then join the G-Force club in their locality maybe it's not in the same school it might be in a nearby secondary school or it might be in a nearby village hall etc the way we've structured the jv is if any student moves from the g-force we've agreed that it will be branded g-force the new jv schools but if any student moves from g-force after school clubs to regular g-force classes then we've agreed to pay a referral fee to the jv so now not only are we going to open twice as many schools as he was going to open on his own so if he's got 50% of the business he's getting the same number of schools but he's also earning a referral fee for everyone who joins the regular 
GeForce classes. And he gets leverage of our team and leverage of my knowledge and Gordon's knowledge in terms of marketing and sales. So not only will we have 60 this year, but we'll potentially be able to do a lot, lot more the year after. Because every one of our instructors can potentially do five before school clubs and five after school clubs. So each instructor could potentially do 10 clubs and we've currently got in the region of 15 instructors. So that would be a 150 after school clubs that we currently have instructors for and we're regularly training. We've got them on the employed contracts, etc. We've done DBS checks. So really, really exciting joint venture. And you can see what's in it for us. We're gonna get a steady stream of kids primary and secondary who are interested in martial arts coming along to our schools ready to join already knowing the g-force brand it's a really powerful win-win and you can see how if gordon and i we, gordon's done classes in schools previously it's not you know a, a, a novel idea but he has done it you know ad hoc only done a few schools we could incorporate this into the G4 system, but it takes us ages to learn all the tricks, all the systems, all of the processes that our JV partners already got in place. Plus, he really, really wants to open 60 schools as soon as possible. So he's gonna, he's chomping at the bit ready to go. And Gordon and I, well, we're pretty busy already. So it's a really good win-win and, and that's what is really important in terms of a JV. It's really important to make sure that both parties get out of it far more than they could get out of their business if they worked independently. Because unless there's a really clear reason why you're going to do far better, he's obviously going to do far better because he doesn't have to find all these instructors. He doesn't have to train them all. We're already training them. He doesn't have to build a marketing team, a sales team. We, we've already got three people full-time on the phones it's really important to find that balance that uh, that win for the other person but also a, a win for you and we get to fast track it we're probably shortcutting that learning process by two or three years compared to if we started doing after and before school clubs ourselves and it's not about competing his 30 clubs are a drop in the ocean compared to all the schools in the country so it's not about well you know we need to jv ne never feel like you need to jv and similarly, he doesn't need to JV with us. He could have JV'd with any number of martial arts school owners and struck the same deal. But he wanted to work with us. And it was me, actually. I spotted the opportunity, so I offered it to him. And, and he was immediately really interested. Again, took our time. We signed that up last week and probably first spoke to him about it a month before that so it's taken probably four weeks and you might think that's really fast for me that's about the right amount of time to sign a handwritten heads of terms that we've come up with together that lays out what our commitments are and on the basis of that we've started taking action we've started marketing we've already got i think we've got two after school clubs ready to go in september which is amazing given that we're in uh, in the middle of june and uh, we've got a goal we know how many we want to have in September, open and operating. My take home message from this podcast, guys, is how important it is to leverage. I talk about leverage a lot. Leverage other people's skills, other people's experience, other people's situations, whilst also leveraging yourself, whilst giving them things that you have that don't necessarily cost you a lot. It doesn't cost me a lot to 
share my marketing team with another business because I can just put someone else into my marketing team. It doesn't cost me a lot to share my sales team because they're already trained. They're already supporting one another. I already have team meetings every week. So just to pop an extra person in a sales team and then use it for another business is not hard. Or if I've got spare capacity in that team, that can then be deployed in a new joint venture. So I hope guys that has helped you in just thinking a bit creatively about how you can joint venture on deals, on businesses, in your property business. Because I think if you're regularly looking at opportunities from a joint venture basis, it is very, very easy to massively increase your productivity. All three of those JVs that I've described today, all three of them, I have actually bought another partner on to partner with me on my half of the JV, which has meant that my return is diluted by 25%. But by taking a 25% share instead of a 50% share, I think I will earn far more money overall will make far greater progress. The JV will have far more chance of success. The reason those early JVs failed to continue to grow, some of my earliest JVs have, you know, we've wound them up, like the Thai Curry Company with Joe. Some of them where we bought properties, we just haven't bought any more together. So it didn't, we haven't wound it up. In fact, one of them I'm winding up at the moment, but you know, they haven't necessarily failed. And we haven't, to be fair, if a JV is wound up, it doesn't mean it's failed, but they didn't grow as much as my later JVs have. And the reason for that is because they weren't as good a fit. They weren't as good a win-win. I think that's the biggest thing that I've realized over the last maybe two months is that I've got better at spotting JV opportunities. I've got better at setting them up so that they are mutually beneficial. Still probably make the odd mistake. I proceeded with one uh, just over a year ago. That one didn't come to fruition. I probably wasted two, two and a half days work over a six month period and it didn't come to fruition. But you know, it's a learning process, isn't it? And that was actually by mutual agreement. We decided, we didn't actually decide to to scrap it. We decided to pause it. So you never know, might come back at some point in the future. Guys, I hope that's inspired you to look at your opportunities in a slightly different light, especially if you're time poor. JVs can be really powerful if you're time poor. Or if you've got loads of time, but perhaps not much money or perhaps not much skill, then that's another opportunity for JVs. In fact, just re- just realized I've done a great JV in the last uh, week with a new employee who's come on commission only because there wasn't the budget to employ them. And they are putting their time and expertise in on a commission only basis in order to... Um, basically create the role in our organization there's an example of a jv in fact i might uh, i might do that as an interview because that's a really interesting jv guys i hope i've uh, motivated you i hope i've provoked some uh, some thought there along the lines of joint ventures as always if we can be of any assistance uh, don't hesitate to get in touch until next time happy investing sophisticated property investing a podcast brought to you by ethical property partners the experts in sophisticated property investment